another episode of the anarchist experience episode 375 aka your eight week 20 uh coming at you this week as always i'm your host mr richie rich along with mc and since this is your regularly scheduled live clubhouse broadcast uh you can find us on clubhouse at uh well at me riches for rich r-i-c-h e-s the number four r-i-c-h or just find the club the anarchist experience and join um that way you get the little notification when we do the show Always live around 4 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, Saturday afternoons. Like, that's when I start getting everything together, and then shortly thereafter, we hit the record button. So if you're in there ready to raise your hand, by all means, um, you know, that's, that's how that works. But if you, if you jump in there and you start throwing your hands up, like I've said before, um, I may just ignore you because it seems a little like trollish behavior to not even know what we're talking about yet and already wanting to, to get a word in edgewise. So... Listen to the discussion. If I see you in there long enough and I see that, you know, if it looks like you're legit, I will definitely allow you in uh, when you put your hand up to speak. Uh, that being said, how are you, MC? What is going on with you this week? Uh, I'm, I'm doing great. Um, I am babysitting somebody's cat. And uh, so the question I pose today is, uh, are cats libertarian? And which one do you prefer, cats or dogs? Uh, I'll answer the second one first. I'm a dog person. Um, I don't, I don't know what it is that I dislike about cats. I don't know if I dislike anything about cats. Um, I don't know. Just, just a dog person. So, so, so the, the explanation that I, that I gave, I'm also a dog person. Um, I like, cause I don't like libertarians what it is. I like dogs more than cats. Well, basically, that's that's kind of it. Um, so why dogs? Um, because it, it grants us a little bit of control. Like, dogs are much easier to control. And uh, some, I, I feel like maybe that's, you know, part of the uh, inability of humans maybe to uh, fully embrace libertarians is because there's there's a part of us that does want to control something or some and i'm not saying other people maybe but but animals you know if at least we can control animals then that that'll okay. release some of that uh authoritarianism in in inside of us maybe i don't know <laughs> man so i've been wanting a dog for quite a while now and well like my whole life basically like i've had my grandparents and my stepdad and whatever everyone's always had dogs around me uh, but none of them were actually my dog and i'm not even sure that it's a control issue for me at least on the conscious level maybe subconsciously on that level that may be why i prefer dogs over cats um, but i just to me it's not about control it's about like the companionship right Dogs are a, a companion more so than a pet in a lot of ways. That's why, you know, the, um, oh, what's the, 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 oh, I can't think of the term. The pets that everyone has, the social pets or the uh, emotional support pets, right, started sure. off as like dogs uh, because they serve that function better than all other animals, including cats, yeah. Um, and then so, it's kind of just spiraled out of control with the the emotional support goldfish, et cetera. When when I got uh, my dog, it's a border terrier. Um, they are uh, farm animals, so they they take care of small rodents, and uh, they they can go into the foxholes and chase out the foxes. Um, and they uh, they they would breed um, like like rabbits and uh and so a lot of times they would have to be um 
uh, euthanized because there'd be too many little border terrier dogs running around. Um, so how did they pick uh, which ones to keep and which ones not to keep? Well, the ones that seem to respond most humanistically or or cute towards the human got to live. <laughs> okay. And so, so anyway, the border terrier is now a cute little uh, dog. Uh, well, Benji was uh, half border terrier, um, and and they and they do. Uh, they're they're very. Um, uh, what do you call it? They, they give you the puppy dog eyes. You know, they look they, right. They respond very well to human faces. And they know how to uh, instinctively almost, or maybe it was just through uh, the breeding activity. Yeah, and, selective breeding. And selective breeding, yeah. So, um, but anyway, yeah, so they are what they are because we made them that way. And, okay. Uh, I mean, they say the same thing about human babies, though, right? Like human, sure. human babies are cute through the evolutionary process because otherwise you would just discard a ugly yeah. little well, asshole. Yeah, my my dog's not a baby anymore. She's still cute, though. So. Okay. Well, I mean, for for dogs, yes. What I'm saying is that cuteness factor goes a long way in getting you know humans or other species to protect you as opposed to you know feed on you. Sure. Sure. Right. Yeah. So I can see that. So, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just you know I was gonna say with the, with the cats. I don't know how true it is because it's just you know information that pops up on social media um self-domesticated is that the, the term i'm using like the you know have you seen this where they weren't even uh there wasn't even a human attempt to domesticate cats cats just kind of like showed up and were like hey you know trade your food for whatever and started doing some stuff and just hanging around around the house of the you know yeah. ancestor humans yeah well ca- cats can also be very useful for uh Killing rats, also. So, right. Um, I, I, man, like, think about India with the. <laughs> I mean, they, I think they, in some places, they even worship rats. Um, but well, that's how you get more rats. <laughs> they get so many rats. Um, but yeah, if you had a rat problem, what would happen if you just dropped some cats in there, and then, and then eventually you'd have a cat problem, <laughs> like real quick. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's wow. <laughs> Okay, so that I don't know. Again, I don't know the entire story because a lot of this stuff is just verbally passed on information. Uh, but that's sort of what happened in Hawaii, right? There was like a rat problem, and someone said, "You know what preys on rats? Mongoose." And oh, so yeah. they imported a whole bunch of mongoose geese, and now there's a mongoose problem because and a rat problem because you know mongoose are nocturnal or whatever. Yeah. And they're like, well, I'm surprised they don't have a fucking snake problem because what preys on a mongoose? Well, snakes. So bring in a whole bunch of snakes to get rid of all the mongoose and see how well that goes. Or lions. Okay. I see lions roaming around. That'd be uh, creepy. Yeah. Actually, I don't know how well a lion could catch mongoose. Send the female lion after it? Yeah. I think they'd probably go after bigger prey. Like humans? Yeah. That'd be weird. We got we got a human weird. problem here too. There's too many yeah. humans here. Oh, <laughs> watching too many Bill Gates videos. Yeah. <laughs> no, the, the, uh, I learned that uh, uh, from a speech from the Grassroots Institute of Hawaii, Grassroots Institute, um, that we only use five percent of the land uh, on you know total combined Hawaii. Okay. Uh, and they're so stubborn about letting people build on fresh land uh, that we have a, you know, a housing problem, you know, housing is way too expensive and uh, the politicians just, you know, don't seem to care um, or don't know what, you know, <laughs> don't know how to increase supply because they're, I think, I think it's mostly because they're too gre- greedy and they're too lazy and yeah. they, they pretend to care about the environment. So, right. So the land is more important than the people going homeless. Yes, well, obviously. I mean, people are just you know scum, comp- you know, to the uh, Democrats. But it, it, but we do owe them, according to the Democrats. Uh, yeah. You know, f- free food, health care, shelter, uh, anything that you know you, you need to survive. Uh, except um, we don't want you to 
participate in the market and be able to afford it on your own. <laughs> I know, I know I've talked about this here before cause it's the one example that I bring up every time the housing crisis or shortage in Hawaii gets mentioned. And I happened into it because I, you know, I came home from work or whatever, just milling about the house. And I wandered in on my stepdad watching some, you know, local access channel or local news. And they were, they were, um, interviewing the bigger developers in Hawaii, you know, why don't you, why don't you guys like, you know, build low cost housing? You know, I, like, you know, that's, that's what Hawaii needs is low cost housing. And the developers basically said, well, cause there's no money in it, right? We can build the same amount of luxury housing and get paid a whole lot more. Um, so unless the state is going to subsidize the building of low income housing, uh, then we're not going to do it. Yeah. Um, actually, that's not entirely true. Well, you can um, say it's that, not entirely true, but that's what the dude said in the interview. That that's what the dude said. So, and and they do want to get subsidized. That's why they say it. Uh, but there are other developers on the island that are happy to build low income housing. They they really want to because they really want to help people, and they are denied. How are they denied? It's through the uh, land use. Uh, commissions or the, you know, the government, right. Government at the, so there's a state level that you have to get through to build on land and, uh, or, or even improve, uh, on the land that you already, that already has a house. Like if you wanted to build a bigger house yep. and then, and then there's the, uh, city level and maybe even another level below that. And there's also the environmental agency and conservation and historic uh, land, and there's there's all these barriers, and basically, it it cost uh, some someone was going to de- develop uh, some land. I think it was on Maui, uh, paid two million dollars just to get the paperwork done, and they denied him anyway. So yeah. his response was, "Well, I can build a mansion, and I don't have to do all this paperwork because mansions." Uh, Basically, if you get a big enough plot of land, you don't have to go through all that extra uh, planning that the city has imposed on people. Right. So the government gets in the way of the low-income housing developments. And on the other side, you know, developers, developers need to see the market for it. And I, kinda, I kind of see that, right? Like if, if, you can, if you can build, if you have a limited amount of space and you can build a high-rise apartment, you know, with 500 luxury units versus a high-rise apartment of 500 low-income units, right? The the money is going to roll in for people buying the luxury apartments. Uh, there was an article within the last few weeks. It never it never materialized into show prep in any way. Um, I think it was on the Mises website, but it's basically luxury housing helps low-income families. And it sounds counterintuitive, but you got, you know, so you read the articles like, well, well, how does that work? Well, as people move out of their other housing to move into the luxury apartments that the lower income families can't, you know, can't afford at the moment, um, more housing becomes available for those lower income. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's the thing though. Any, any increase of the house housing in Hawaii will reduce the burden uh, on the market. So it, it's definitely a good thing if they build luxury high rises or low income units. But my my point is that they actually could, if the government got out of the way, they could affordably build low income uh, or lower. I mean, yeah. you, you got to start somewhere, <laughs> you know, 10% lower than the market uh, would be, uh, would, would allow somebody that couldn't get into the market before to be able to get in. So um, they could, a build, they could build more affordable housing if the state got out of the way, but it's just not worth it if you have to do two million dollars of paperwork and still have the possibility, the good possibility of getting denied. Yes. Yeah. So why is there a good possibility of getting denied? Well, for one thing, the, the local, the local issue, the local areas, and this happened in San Francisco quite a bit. It, uh, they don't want a low-income building in their neighborhood. Yes, and so that's that's called nimbyism, not in my backyard, and uh, and and that's really hard to get around. Um, and th- and my my way of saying it is like it's if it's your land, do what you want with it. But 
but so much of the land, like I said, you know, only 5% uh, is zoned for residential in Hawaii. So if they, if they increased the amount of residential uh, by 1%, then that would be a, a 20% increase in, in the amount of uh, land we could use for housing. It would, that would be insane. Right. right? <laughs> and, uh, but they won't do it. They're, 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 uh, too happy with the way things are going, which is, uh, uh Hawaii is basically for rich people. And, uh, if you don't like it, leave. So <laughs> that's what some people do. I checkmate, man, me right here. <laughs> Gone left. Don't want to go back. Uh, one of the issues here um, is not as bad there so because I, I don't know how bad it is getting there but with the with inflation the way it is now um, it's starting to look more dire for people like me even here like it's mm-hmm. you know at, yeah I, I don't know how to explain it. it's like at once there it was like move there to New Hampshire right and there there's more possibilities to do things and i still generally feel that way um comparatively um but not not in totality like it's just the the federal government and their monetary policy is just putting a squeeze on everybody um so yeah just my little venting there as far as you know the the low income the nimby problem um anywhere um it's it's a weird situation because I'm with you. If it's your land, do what you want. Um, but at the same time, if you previ- if you already own land in an area, right, and the state has is allowing you or preventing someone else from building that low income housing, and you get a say in it, right? It's it is in your economic interest generally uh, to be against it because sure. It, you know, as as long as the uh, as long as the market works in such a way as your value, the value of your property uh, is only such as it compares to the value of the properties around you. Number one, and you know the the stereotypical generalization that low income housing tends to have uh, a higher crime rate, right? Then no one would, no one's ever going to want that in their area. Um, if that area exists first, right? Like low, low income housing in general should also be a market phenomenon, right? Like right now, the, the place where I currently reside, um, I make no bones about it. I'm kind of in a shithole right now, right? This, this place sucks in a lot of ways. Um, and that's on me because of the situation I was in when I needed to get this place. And so it's, it's not a very nice apartment. It's in not a very nice neighborhood. Um, and so I, you know, I took it upon myself to go out and get, you know, one of those um, do-it-yourself home security systems, right, to protect me in this area. Now, how good is that? I don't know. Well, you know, I haven't had any major issues yet. Um, but I also, you know, I, I'm out most of the day and I don't go out at night because it's, you know, it's... It's the neighborhood that the cops patrol, man, and I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to go out there at night. So you got two two gangs at least to worry about, <laughs> right? It's so. Whereas whereas New Hampshire is better in than most places, right? There are sections that are worse than others, and I don't. I don't want to say like I'm in the worst section, like I'm not in the ghetto, um, but it's definitely like less of a friendly neighborhood than the wealthier side of town, right? Mm-hmm. But if I could afford to live on the wealthier side of town, I would, you know, and I'm working on it, you know, irons in the pot, so to speak. Um, mm-hmm. But this, this is where I am now, and I've taken precautions. So not wanting, no, so no one should want to be in the low-income neighborhood. Uh, it's just kind of where you find yourself due to bad decisions on your part, um, you know, as an adult, I guess, if, if you're, you know, if you're a parent and the kids got to live in that neighborhood, well, then I'll say it's a failure on your part as well. But still, you get the idea, right? It's a, it's a choice to live in these areas. Um, and if it's a coerced choice based on bad decisions, well, then it's based on bad decisions. 
but I wouldn't want, you know, I wouldn't want them to put up another high rise, low income, you know, development like next door to me and make it worse. Um, I would, I would frown upon that. Would I go to the city council meetings and like advocate against it? No. Would I vote? No. Would I try to talk to the developers? Probably not. Right. That would be like the, the most direct thing. Hey, I know it's your land. Please don't put a shithole projects next to my already shitty kind of whole apartment. Right. <laughs> like this is low income enough. Go elsewhere. <laughs> but they're not going to do it in the luxury neighborhood. Yeah, right. and I th- I think that's actually probably the best place for them. It's like make them integrate with the rich people. <laughs> like because the, how do you get people out of poverty? Like get them it's at some level it's a mentality thing. Okay. Like what, like okay, a, yes. a, a sign every every like luxury apartment like a homeless dude that they got a house next door. All right, you get the three bedroom well, luxury not a homeless, suite. But but uh you know a, Put so you get this big, huge, rich neighborhood. Put one low-income housing uh, tower. You know, houses five hundred units or whatever. Okay, uh, right, right in the middle of it. Go on. You know, it. Well, uh, you know, all these rich people claim that they, they they're the ones that care about poor people. Well, why can't you live next to them? You know. <laughs> so, but if you did that, then then you'd have, and that's one of the things I like about Hawaii. It's it's very mixed as far as uh you know every house is basically a million dollars now how and unfortunate so, well yeah but so, so every everybody's mixed mixed up uh, uh, yeah. poor people and the rich people like you've been to my so, mom's house my mom's got a million dollar house she hasn't worked a day in like 30 years so right house was bought and paid for a long time ago but they keep assessing tax value on uh, current value right and so her tax yeah, bill yeah. goes up, even though the house is no better than it was. You know, well, I guess slightly better than it was when she bought it. Sure, sure. Um, but anyway, my, my my point is is that I think it works better when uh, uh, well when when people inter- interact with each other when they're uh, integrated and okay. they can uh, see how the other side lives and 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 learn from them and and help each other. Um, so where I grew up, it was like the the inner city projects were were just absolutely unimaginably like. Uh, I mean, the slums were just terrible places. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. So, so, and you want to put that next to like the the million dollar no, mansions? No, it's not that I want to. I, one of the reasons why it becomes so bad is is because everybody else left. And I think there's probably a government incentive uh, to cr- create that that outcome. I don't I don't think it. Yeah. I don't think it happened naturally. So. Okay. Um, but I don't want like when I say a low income place, I don't mean I want a slum, but put put a, an affordable place right in the middle of where all the rich people live, so that they can at least okay. see what they're missing out on. And be like, oh yeah, I'd like to have that car well, put a middle class that? apartment complex in the rich neighborhood okay I th- okay too. okay i got an i have an example for you i think i've shared this before in this was like the most bizarre thing that happened to me while i was you know working um for the cleaning and moving company in hawaii i think i've shared this with umc um but if you're listening to this you know podcast for the first time this is the most ridiculous thing so we had to do a job um in a gated community Right for for UMC Hawaii Lower Ridge. Um, have you been up there at all, friends up there? Um, maybe. Okay, don't worry about it then. Um, but we had I, I've been up there a couple times because oddly enough, the security guard at the shopping center that I worked at lived up there because his family was wealthy. Uh, so we went up there, you know, to, to hang out, do a hike, and whatever. Um, but I was up there for a job, and you know, so the first part of the job is. Uh, Hey, Rich, we're going to pick you up outside of the gated community and drive you in uh, because I didn't have a driver's license at the time, which means I couldn't check in with the gate guard and drive into the neighborhood. So like, okay, park it across the street at the beach. You guys pick me up. We'll drive into this gated community, you know, in a luxury neighborhood on the side of a mountain overlooking the ocean in Hawaii. 
right? So you can imagine how beautiful this fucking place is, right? <laughs> and then we get into the gated community, and guess what we see? I mean, you can take a guess, MC, but I think you already know. Another gated community. <laughs> there, was a, there was an area in this gated community gated off from the, gated, the, you know, the, the lessers. So it was like the, the ultra-wealthy, right, in the same neighborhood as just the wealthy. But even they were separated by a gate to keep out the fucking riffraff who managed to get through the security guards at the bottom of the gated community Right, like you had to get past that into this already luxury area, and then we're like, "Nope, fuck you guys. You guys stay out too." Right? So is that is that kind of you know is that closer to what we could instead of slums, instead of putting a slum up there, just slightly lesser, so you get like the motivation. And then in another <laughs> lesser neighborhood, then you put you know the the lower income apartments, so like they can they can see the three bedroom ranch house across the street getting motivated to go to work and to do better and then yeah. once they get that then they can move but someone's got to be next to the slums there's going to be slums i i feel so fortunate that I, I i grew up in in the uh, uh slice of uh economic prosperity that i did or or non-prosperity but um uh my uh, we had a single income family and we didn't have we certainly didn't have a lot of money, but uh, I I never felt lacking. But um, my my point is is that you know I I was exposed to you know the the lowest possibility of uh, society, and also I got to see the 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 highest part. So my my mom to make uh, uh, side money, she would uh, clean houses for rich people. Yeah. So we got to go in all these, you know, super nice houses and uh, and and see how they lived and and see all their stuff and their you know their their cars in the garage. And but what was kind of funny to me is that most of the houses that that we cleaned or or you know checked up on, you know, collect their mail and stuff like that when they were out, uh, a lot of times they were just out. Like, well, what were they doing? Well. They were working, <laughs> you know? so they had this this house that they were hardly ever at. <laughs> yeah, and they had another house somewhere else. They had an apartment, you know, next to their office, and they, they were just in their their apartment or whatever. <laughs> and so, I would choose so, that life, man. <laughs> well, maybe not because, like I said, a lot of these people were just working all the time. They didn't even have time to enjoy their their uh, mansion. Out right. in, you know, Chesterfield, Missouri, where, you know, a couple neighborhoods outside where I lived. And so it's like, what what would be, you know, and so then that's why I said I'm, I'm so happy that I get to see both sides because, okay, what do I want? Do I really want to work uh, constantly uh, to to be able to afford this this huge mansion and, and have the, the extra apartment and all the extra cars? Um, no, that's not me. I, I, I kind of knew that early on that like, there's more important things in life than working really hard for things. <laughs> right. Okay. So I, I hear your point and I guess from my experience, and I'm sure there's a lot more people in a similar boat as me, especially again with the economy where it's at, right? Like I already worked that much and I don't have the mansion to show for it. Right. I don't know. I, I look at it a little bit different way. Like if you really, let's say you could start life over knowing what you know now and I'd kiss a lot more ass. Yeah. It's not, it's definitely not about how, how hard or how, how much you work. Cause you could work a job that's uh, very easy and little, little or no thought or uh, no effort required. Or you could uh, strive for that, you know, CEO position or, you know, uh, you know, back in the day when, when I was younger, it was all about uh, doctors and lawyers and, and careers like that. Yeah, and the, I don't know if those, that's changed uh, for the for the money makers. They're, they're, I don't think they're as desirable as before. So I think it switched because the, the economy got heated up so much that everybody basically just went into finance stuff. Okay, and that's that's a, what my dad told me to do. He's like, go become a banker. Exactly. Exactly. 
Well, I know, but that's where the money is. <laughs> I know. And and it's I might have I sucked think, it up if I got to I do think, it over again. I think the economy would be better served if we had more people uh well, definitely be, become doctors. I think there's probably going to be a shortage of of uh high quality doctors uh because there's not there, there's more money elsewhere, basically, um, and I think it's because the economy is all screwed up by by the government. But whatever, you know, we'll see. What, you well, know, I mean, not whatever. What, that's the situation. They fucked it what, up so bad that necessary professions don't pay what they need to. Right, and and so I think uh, what what needs to happen more often is recessions, and well, hopefully not depressions. But um, you know, everything isn't supposed to go up. 100% of the time. And so when you have a recession, it gets rid. Uh, even Elon Musk pointed that out. You know, <laughs> when you have a recession, uh, the ones that are not profitable or not really necessary, uh, they go bankrupt. They they uh, close up shop or, or get sold to somebody who can manage them better. And, and that's how you get rid of uh, the weeds. Yeah. Until the government steps in and bails everybody out and kicks the can down yeah. the road further. That, and I mean that was unfortunate when when they did that for uh, GM. I mean I'm I'm really glad that the Corvette is still there, but um, <laughs> the Corvette is really the only one of the only profitable uh, sections of GM. You know they've got their own factory and well, uh, go figure. Designers. It's a luxury vehicle. Well, well, yeah, but <laughs> it's you know G- GM as a whole corporation isn't doesn't exist to be profitable because they've got the government on their side, so they don't need to be. And that's why they still exist. <laughs> so, um, yeah, they should have, they should have gotten sold off in 2008 to yeah. other car manufacturers. And, and, and to, to prove that, you know, a profitable corporation can succeed in the U S well, you got Tesla and you also have Hyundai and Kia moving in around that same time. And so now they're, they're building cars in, in the U.S. Nice. Um, Korean so, brands for those curious. Sure, yeah. Um, so anyway, I've, I've, I completely got lost track. I, we started on cats. And anyway, so I've got this Libertarian cat cats. I've got this cat that I'm babysitting. Um, and it, uh, it's, it's I, I never saw this happen at the owner's house, but it, it opened the door and, and escaped one night. Actually, the like basically the first night or second night it was here, and so it it escapes into the forest. And I'm like, okay, I guess that was that. It's gone now. <laughs> you know? And two days later, sorry, the, the Steve, cat sh- your cat just fucking opened the <laughs> yeah. door and ran away. Yeah. So two days later, the cat Here's shows your deposit up. back. <laughs> Is the cat shows up at the back door, meow, meow. I'm like, oh, wow, it's back. <laughs> so I took it up to the room that we have set up for it and you know, fed it and get, gave it some water. And an hour later, it was like, uh, I went out again. I'm I'm out of here. So I'm like, well, you came back once. So I guess you'll come back again. So I let it out, and it was gone for another night. <laughs> Comes back in the morning. Uh you know, eats some food again and takes off again. It's oh man, it's like a fucking Ancom cat. Then, yeah, it's like once so. doesn't doesn't contribute anything, but comes back home when they're fucking hungry. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's not libertarian it's, it's, at all. Libertarian cat would the, do the dishes and help out around the house. Well, I'm sure it thinks it's doing something. So last night, I I caught the cat just sitting outside on the on the mat on the back patio just on the on the uh, welcome mat and i think it's looking out for uh you know rats or whatever invaders you know because it knows where its food supply is so it's trying to defend the house i think okay uh the problem is all the all the nice trees that it likes are kind of like two or three houses down and down a hill so there's there's like a um like a hill that it has to go down. Um, and so it wants, I think it's going to like climb the trees and hide in the trees and stuff and hunt, do its hunting over there. Um, 
but so it's a little bit of ways away from the house but i think it i think it thinks that it's you know its job is to you know destroy critters okay <laughs> which is is very effective at doing <laughs> but uh we just don't have the right trees <laughs> i mean fair enough the, again not much of a cat person but um i i guess it's more more public news now uh, my neighbor here in the apartment complex uh, rescued several cats over the oh, winter. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, you said, oh, no, but go explain the oh, no first. Cause well, I, I hope they're that. fixed. Oh, I have no idea. They, they were kittens. Yeah, like, so they're probably not. But but it was it was in the winter time. So he's like, you know, comes out. He's a nice guy. So he comes out of the apartment and he just hears the, the crying meowing of like kittens, you know. And he finds one, and he finds a home for it, and then another one shows up. Like the dude, if you saw this dude on Reddit who, like, saw a cat on the side of the highway or a kitten on the side of the highway. He's like, oh, poor little kitten. I'm going to rescue you, poor little kitten. And then 15 other kittens come fucking running out of the bushes, and all of a sudden this dude's got 16 cats. Like, talk about catfished and horn swabbed. <laughs> yeah. But, but anyway. yeah, if you, don't, if you don't fix them, they, they multiply, and that's, that's what I'm worried about. Um, and that, that's where cat people come from. <laughs> well, he, he didn't keep all of them, but he kept one and it's kind of a derpy right. cat. So, you know, we're, we're outside uh-huh. chilling, talking and he's like, oh yes, there it is right up there in my window. You know, it's fucking, and he's like, but it just claws up my curtains. I got these like blackout curtains and now I got fucking holes in my curtains cause cats oh, just no. claws my curtains. So not a very, not a very libertarian thing to do cat like wrecking someone else's property. But, it, you know, it also, he's like, you know, why, why is the cat acting weird? I'm like, well, because now it has an audience, right? You pointed at it. Now we're all looking up at it. And now it wants to, like, you know, do the fucking derpy animal thing and just, you know, act a fool. And I just, I don't know. Not, probably more libertarian, probably more libertarian than dogs insofar as they're independent. And I don't know if that's enough to be considered libertarian. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like you get, you can't herd cats. They kind of do what they do. They show up to get the food. Maybe, maybe we can uh, uh, convert the Libertarian Party into the Independent Party, which makes no sense at all. But you know what? Politics doesn't make sense. So let's do it. <laughs> I know. I know that the the Pirate Party is reaching out to disaffected Libertarians after the convention a couple weeks ago. The Pirate Party. Okay. Yeah. So I, I think, I don't know if we talked about, this is more for like, you know, the, the KS conversation. Uh, and I think we covered it a little bit, but the Libertarian Party uh, at their convention got rid of the plank about bigotry. Uh, <laughs> like, you know, we, well, can, we condemn bigotry as I, repugnant and irrational. I'm, I'm totally okay with getting rid of that. Because it's not like if you, if you don't condemn bigotry, that doesn't mean that everybody in the party cares about being you know wants to be a bigot it's it's ridiculous to have in there okay yeah i agree with you and i can see the point of the people who wanted to keep it in there and it's like the nazi bar example that i've given several episodes several times i mean i mean do does is there a plank in there that also says that we hate nazis um I don't know if there's a or plank, that, or is that just covered by bigots? <laughs> there, there's an there's an official position from the Libertarian Party that it's not as unfavorable to Nazis as you would hope. <laughs> I guess that's I don't, I don't without having without fucking googling it. I don't I don't know off the top of my head. Um, okay. But there was you know there was something there was some posi- some liberta- official Libertarian position on the Holocaust, and he went, yeah okay. But I don't. Let's not lead with that, right? You know, that's that's my that's my general thing. On you know, th- there's so many other pro liberty positions that we can talk about. Um, that let's not lead with the weird stuff, right? <laughs> right. So well, that's the thing. It, you, you draw attention to bigotry by having a comment in there that says, uh, "By the way, you can't be a bigot if you're in the Libertarian Party." <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Like, so here, but here's the thing. Here's where I agree. I, I see the other side's point. If you, if you don't put that in there, it's an invitation to bigots to join your party. No, it's not. It is because they're not welcome anywhere else. Like, there's, there's, 
it's hard for them to say the things they say in the Republican Party, in the Democrat Party, in the Green Party, but the Libertarians, right? Like for whatever reason, um, I, I are don't giving think off having, the hottest takes right now in some of those. I don't areas. think. Wait, wait, wait. So, so you're saying that that when we had that that clause in there about being anti bigots, that that there were no bigots in the Libertarian Party? No. <laughs> I'm saying there wasn't an invitation, and they had to, like you know, they, they had to it, be more surreptitious about it's not, their- it. Wouldn't it wouldn't be successful anyway? I don't think a bigot cares about whether or not there's a plank in there about bigotry. Okay, I hear what you're saying, and I guess I have I I have uh, I follow more people in the local Libertarian Party on social media here than I ever did in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And so I see the shit that gets reposted, right? And again, call me a bigot or a racist if you want to. I don't necessarily disagree with what they're saying. I'm just saying, like, let's not lead with that, right? And so, okay, so here's the other example. Um, in a private, in a, in a more, I'm not going to name names, but in like a private discussion group on like Telegram or whatever, right, where we're having this similar discussion about libertarian positions and who should be, you know, who, who the libertarians should be going after as far as recruiting more people into the libertarian party. Right. And this one dude in the group goes like, I don't think we go far enough. Right. I go like, what do you mean? He goes like, well, we we're always going after one position libertarians, right? People that are libertarian on one specific issue. And we go, great. You're a libertarian on that one issue. Come join the party and we will expand your mind. Right? We will show you the ways of the libertarian and you know, make you more libertarian in all of the other issues. Mm-hmm. Right? And his point was like, no, we should, let's, let's like just promote the most extreme libertarian position possible. And if you can't get on board with that, right, then you're out. Like you're, just, you're not one of us. You know? I go, okay, so like what's what is this most extreme libertarian position that we should be like th- this is like the vetting line for whether or not we're going to allow people to be, you know, considered libertarians and libertarian party. And he was like, people should be allowed to fuck dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> That's the baseline, right? Like, you know, I'm like, and fine, you know, if if cuz it's consensual, however you want to define that. If the dog wants to lick the peanut butter off your balls, you know, have at it. <laughs> but, you know, I go like, that's not what we should lead with, right? You, you become the laughing stock if that's what you lead with. He's like, yeah, but it'll keep the riffraff out. I go, sure. And nobody's going to come in, man. Like, you know, that's, that's, the, that's the line that no one, no one who wants to live with the rest of society wants to cross that line as you know the 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 cost of entry in into into your libertarian world right like do i agree with you sure people can fuck dogs all they want i don't care it's none of my business what what happens between you and your dog and your dog kennel like have at it um but like am i do i do i lead with that no like let's let's figure out the issues of the day and talk about those from a libertarian perspective first but as far as planks go, that is kind of the the lead. It's what you're leading with. That's why you write it down and say this is our planks. So, yeah, I don't I don't think anything about bigotry should be on there. Right. And again, I agree with you, but I can see the other side that says like, well, if you don't condemn bigotry, right, you you tacitly allow it. And I go, yes, you tacitly allow I, it. I but think that's there's okay other ways for libertarians. I think there's other ways to deal with it than having a plank. Um, okay. And I, I think that has to do with the just basic, you know, leadership and whatever leadership or lack of leadership the Libertarian Party has. I mean, I, I think that's uh, it's it's always been a problem that uh, everybody is in the Libertarian Party is attacking each other. Yep. Um, and and basically they're they're just okay with that. And and there's there hasn't been uh, a real strong libertarian leader to convince everybody to just knock it off and and uh, 
you know. Uh, because it's like hurting cats, man. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, laser eye, the, 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 the thing that you want to accomplish, um, you know. Oh, what more. is that thing from a party perspective? Well, it like should be winning, winning elections. Positions. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, then count me out. That's, that's no fun at all. I mean, as far as the, yeah, the big L libertarian party goes, yeah. um, I actually wanted to start an organization called the the Little L Libertarian Party, and all we do is throw parties. Nice. <laughs> so make it like a, a bar, you know, like you just, hey, are you going to the Libertarian Party tonight? <laughs> like, we're having a party every night. <laughs> it's always five. It's yeah. So it's pork fest is in somewhere. a couple of weeks, and I would invite you not to this pork fest because it's sold out, but to give that go, give that idea a go. At you know, at the Libertarian Party Planet, because that's where that's where all the party, the big parties are going to happen. Nice is at Porkfest. It's like the biggest anarchist gathering on the planet right now. Awesome. Where, from what I'm told, I'm not a big fan. Like my, I've I've gone once and I did not have a good experience, and so I'm probably not going back. But if you came to do that, I would probably go just to hang out with you. Um, what I'm sure. saying is like the, it's such a mass gathering and it's because it's such a mass gathering of libertarians and anarchists, um, you know, and, and anti-government people that it's overwhelming for the state to intrude upon. And so it's gone relatively unmolested by state interference um, for years now. Like they just they don't bother. Like, all right, you guys have your one week to, you know, get it out of your system and then you rejoin society and get back in line. Um, <laughs> but it's, you know, the, the, the drugs, the alcohol, the, the parties, um, it's all there. So if, you want, if, that's, you know, if that's where you want to launch that concept and then move it somewhere else, you know, there's a, there's a whole bunch of other liberty-oriented clubhouses um, that are popping up uh, around the state because people move. And people want to go hang out with other people like that. I think that's you know I think that's a functional idea um, as opposed to to party politics. Um, but to go back to the party politics, ever so briefly, um, there it, the Libertarian Party is effectively under new management. And so you said like you know will they have a leader that unites the party? No, they do not have a new leader that will unite the party. Uh, <laughs> they they have a new leader that is so divisive. Right at this point, (laughs) that people are branching off and going like, I need somewhere else to go because I I'm no longer a big L libertarian, even though I have small L libertarian values, I'm no longer in the big the big L tent camp. Right, right. And so the pirate party, you know, was jumping on boards and like, you can come to the pirate party and check out what we have to offer. But that's kind of what I was explaining. uh, I think it was last week about um, the libertarian party even being created. It was people branching off say i can't handle those those people who are so divisive uh we need to make a new party and and then they do that and then so it's the same type of people that have no problem uh, abandoning uh this uh uh this hierarchical um, right. thing yeah and i guess for, as a political strategy um without a without some sort of parliamentary system it's dumb because it, it fractionalizes what could have been a unified front uh, to take on or take down the big two, right? Yeah. Like the, the, the Republicans and Democrats are so entrenched right now that having yeah. 50 third parties is, not, well, uh, is never going to be effective. So here, here's what I think is going to happen, though. Um, I think the Republicans are going to win huge just because the left is being so retarded, especially with, you know, uh, rising gas prices and the unwillingness to do anything about it because they don't um, know what to do. Well, I think it's part of their part of their uh, their plan was to have higher gas prices because that's the leftist calling. Just buy is, an electric car. Yeah, okay. it's save the planet. Gas is bad. Oil is bad. And it's 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 the same thing as it used to be with the Republicans. It used to be uh, immigration is bad. Uh, you know, Mexicans coming coming here and is bad, and and that's that's the biggest issue, and so that's why Trump won is because 
he championed that issue. Yeah. Um, I mean, he, that's why he won over the Republicans and even got nominated for the Republicans. Well, wasn't Biden calling for price controls on gas, like a gas cap at some point to help stem that tide? Okay. It, it I thought it matter. You can't, you can't, you can't stop prices from changing unless you want to destroy uh, production also. Well, I mean, the, uh, there I mean, you go. Yeah. Which, which maybe he does. So, but yeah, so the whole thing, you know, from the left is that, uh, uh, gas is bad and, and, uh, Anyway, I forgot. I completely got sidetracked. That's where we're at. Where the the left strategy to destroy the economy. Um, but before that, <laughs> libertarian I, I saying, cats. Oh no! Uh, I say what? Uh, what was I saying? I, I was saying what's going to happen. So the Republicans are going to win hugely, but on what? On what grounds? And right now, it still seems like it's just Trumpism, which is retarded, right? <laughs> Like it's, oh, if we get Trump in, then like things will be better. Like no, they won't. <laughs> um, y- yes, and the the man, the biggest problem is for the average individual, right? Things have gotten so bad under Biden that the nearest okay. thing you have to compare it to is Trump, and it was so much fucking better under Trump. <laughs> Whether or not Trump had anything to do with that right. is irrelevant, <laughs> right? Because, you know, they go like, do you remember what happened January 6th? Like, yes, gas was 209 a gallon, right? Like, it was 60% cheaper under Trump. So, I guess my, my main point is that, like, so we get... We we get what the Republicans are going for, and they they get Trump in, and uh, you know maybe there isn't a civil war, and then and then what? Well, and then Trump doesn't get rid of the Department of Energy, you know, and and so we still yeah. have this lingering problem of uh, the central government controlling us and controlling the prices of things, and and getting in the way of. Uh, people doing what they want to do right Um, and so i'm not suggesting that it's going to be better with the republican with the republicans back in office but the the strategy of holy shit look what joe biden did let's not do that again or let's not continue that for another four years sure it's likely going to be effective i i don't think the republicans are going to actually fix anything when they do get power back right i think they're just going to be like look at us we're not we're not we're not as bad as them Okay, you're not doing anything. You're just right. you're just sitting there occupying the space, but they literally have no idea what to do about it. Right. Not, not only is it we're not as bad as them, but we can't fix they broke it so bad that we can't even fix it and it's still their fault. Yeah. Right? Like in in the Democrats fucked it up. You're stuck with inflation. There's there's no turning off that inflationary faucet. It's Oh, it's definitely not. I mean, yeah, Donald Trump, I think, uh, is is the reason why the inflation is so bad. I mean, there there is so much more spending under Donald Trump than than uh, Obama, even. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, that's that's where we are. <laughs> we're we we were at we're hyperinflationary Obama, and then Trump, and now uh, Biden is hyperinflationary. And he's against oil production. <laughs> so making it worse. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. But I have an electric car, so I can laugh at things like that. Oh, yeah. You're one of the elites who thinks it's, you know, <laughs> I, don't ca- I don't care how gas can go as high as it wants to go. Uh, the, the only problem is we, we burn oil to make electricity in Hawaii, so <laughs> I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get hurt eventually. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, everybody is. and Yeah, and, and I'm paying for also the higher prices for food and higher prices for everything because, well, right. everything has to be shipped to Hawaii and they use oil to do it. <laughs> right. It's it's doubly bad for you. And, oh, man, the, the only prescription that I have for me is, you know, the, the same one that we've touted on this show for a while. Um, and that's get out of the dollar, right? Like I've, I have yeah. gotten back into um, dollar cost averaging, some you know Bitcoin purchases. There's a new um, 
article about the 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 sanctions on Russia not not accomplishing obviously not accomplishing what obviously. they want. Um, but it's actually helping uh, the the Russian currency. It's 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 almost like the U.S. said, "Well, the U.S. dollar is no longer good in this part of the world," and yeah. so do you expect them to want more dollars or less dollars? And so you know, obviously less. Like, well, dollars no good here. So now people are selling dollars to get you know, the Russian currency or Chinese right. currency or whatever, because that's where the trades are happening. Well, um, and I, I mentioned this several months ago, and you and KS kind of talked me down from it when I, when Russia, you know, dec- decreed that they were going back on the gold standard. I went, this should be bigger news. And you guys went, eh, they're not really going to do it. But that could and, play a part as well. And I still I still don't think they're going to do it. Uh, um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, they haven't balked from it at all yet. They they declared it to be so. I don't know what the redemption is like there, um, but for for other countries trying to get that those that Russian energy, right? They got, mm-hmm. they they have to get it in rubles or rubles. Yeah. And how do you get that? My, well, you trade your gold for it because yeah, dollars my, are no good. My only point is that um, the I think the U.S. is shooting themselves in the foot uh, with the sanctions and. Uh, and it's not effective, and the people that it's supposed to hurt actually benefit. So the government of Russia benefits from it, and yeah. and, and, and maybe civilians are, are hurt by it, but um, it doesn't seem to be uh, dissuading uh, Russia's war effort. So it's, I don't know. Maybe find something else to do. Ah, oh, man, we don't have a lot of time left, but dissuading the Russian war effort seems like not an American problem and sending all of that money to Ukraine, right? Only to have articles pop up about, Oh yeah, those javelin missiles that the United States sent over to Ukraine to help fight the war uh, are now popping up on the dark web for anyone to buy. If you have, you know, (laughs) $30,000 or I go like, but maybe we stopped doing that. Right. Or the, 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 stop. Right. There, there's, there's enough, problems domestically that they can't figure out and fuck up to continue to fuck it up you know internationally as well unless you go like well if they're only if they're focused so much on the international stuff right then they can't fuck up the domestic stuff as bad maybe i maybe i hear an argument for that um but otherwise you know inflation as high as it is more stimulus more bad policy and passing laws to send more money abroad to help a war effort that has no um, no direct military impact on American citizens seems fallacious. Uh, and then and then trying to, you know popping off at the mouth Biden popping off at the mouth, um, getting China involved, right? Like so now not only are they going to be funding the Ukraine's defense against uh Russia but they're going to be funding a, a Taiwanese offense against China too. Like that's seems like a recipe for disaster even if it's just trying to cover up all the dumb shit that they're doing domestically. Fuck it. Fine. I'll go ahead. No, not awesome. I'm, I, was, I think we're we're getting close to being done. That's what I was going to say. Fuck it. We can finish a little early we, if you had final we thoughts. Ha, we have a, a listener. If that person would like to uh, talk, then raise he your hand. He did not put his hand up. So do you no. do you know this guy or is he just a No, I don't. Um, anyway, uh, any. Welcome to words? the show. <laughs> Tune in next week. 4, 4 p.m. Eastern time is when we start the show. Um, you know, this is this will be made available afterwards. I think I have the clubhouse box checked for replays. I don't really know how that works, but it's there. Uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Um, and if you'd like to, you know, listen again, again, four o'clock back at the clubhouse, figure out how to at me and we'll, you know, you'll be able to participate then. But he's in and, you know, I, I presume he based on the name, uh, but didn't, did not raise his hand. I've been monitoring it, didn't put his hand up, so I didn't think he wanted to speak. So right. if you got nothing else, I'll wrap it up here. You guys know where to find us, anarchistexperience.com, on Telegram, t.me slash anarchistexperience, or t.me slash theanarchistexperience. And if you would like to contribute to the show financially, 
You can still do that through Patreon, patreon.com slash the anarchist experience. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next week. Peace.